This is Central Coast Public Radio KCBX. I'm Benjamin Perper. Winemakers on California's Central Coast are in the middle of harvest season right now. This harvest is just the latest in the area's centuries-long history of grape growing. One San Luis Obispo County city, Paso Robles, has been transformed by wine in the last few decades and is quickly growing to rival areas like Napa and Sonoma as a California wine destination. To understand where Paso Robles wine is headed, we first need to understand its history, from the arrival of European grapes to the modern wine industry that underpins the town's economy and personality. This is In the Vines, a podcast about Paso Robles wine country. On a hot summer day in Paso Robles, Cindy Steinbeck fires up an old, rusty Jeep. This is a 1958 Willis. Dad bought it in 1960. All of us kids grew up driving it here on the ranch, so. Cindy is the owner of Steinbeck Vineyards and Winery, one of the oldest in Paso Robles. She uses this Jeep to give educational tours on her ranch of not only the history of her family, but of Paso Robles and its wine roots as well. And by the way, there's no relation to that other Steinbeck, John at least not officially. Our family hasn't found a connection in California to John Steinbeck, but when we trace eight generations back, we find a common hometown in Germany. The Steinbeck family Jeep takes us on a dirt path through acres of vineyards, passing old sheds and other buildings the family has preserved over the years. The property is full of different types of grapes you'd find across Europe. Primarily Cabernet Sauvignon, and then we have Zin and Petit Syrah. We have Viognier, Grenache, and a few Portuguese varietals. As we drive, Steinbeck points out decades-old vines coexisting right alongside younger ones. Those are 38 years old. These are seven or eight years old here. But the ranch's history goes back much further than 38 years, all the way back to 1884, when the Steinbeck family settled here. She says there are news articles mentioning high-quality wines from the property as early as 1900. And UC Davis, in 1900 or 1901, wrote a paper saying that viticulture would be the primary crop in this area. And that's 1900. And so our family really already knew that. It's that history that led Libby Agrin, director of the Wine History Project of Slow County, to start co-writing a book about wine in this area. I've lived here 22 years. And I thought it was amazing that we had so many microclimates and that we grew so many different crops. It was this climate that led the area's Spanish explorers and settlers to plant crops here, from vegetables to cherry trees to grapes. They were ordered, actually, once they knew the climate. They wrote to Spain and said, we need this and we need that. So we have most of those things still growing in our county. The next turning point in the Central Coast's wine history is the Prohibition era in the 1920s and 30s. Agrin says the nationwide ban on alcohol led winemakers across the country to simply walk away from the industry. But the story in Slow County is a little different. She says the Italian community in this area saw a business opportunity. They started planting vineyards knowing that Italian Americans were in every major city in the U.S. and that they all made their own wine. Every year they just shipped all those grapes back east and people met the trains and and they took the grapes off the trains and bought them and went home and made their wine every fall. So um, most of the time, these were crushed at home, walking on them. And it wasn't just Italians who seized the opportunity Prohibition provided. Others began to take advantage of the rich soil and climate in Slow County, too. We have areas where we can say, this is where the Germans settled, and these are the grape varieties they grew. These are where the Italians settled, and these are the grapes that they grew. And we can find it throughout the county. 
Paso Robles' current status as a wine destination started towards the end of the 20th century. The Paso Robles Wine Festival was founded in 1983, the same year that the area secured its designation as an American viticultural area. Over the next 10 years, Agrin says the festival became one of the largest wine festivals in the country. It was very important because as these winemakers began to develop their own vineyards, they began to introduce more and more wines. By the time the 1990s rolled in, the wine industry was firmly established in Paso Robles. More vineyards and wineries started popping up, and the town began to transform. Agrin says restaurants and hotels cropped up together with grapes, and over the next few decades, Paso became the tourist town it is today. Some of our other areas don't really have the same structure to provide the wine culture and the hospitality that often comes along with the wines. That wine culture now dominates Paso Robles. The number of wineries has grown from less than 20 in the early 90s to more than 200 now. The city is now a destination for wine lovers. Back at the ranch, Cindy Steinbeck says her family has seen all of Paso Robles' modern wine history. Nowadays, Steinbeck says her family are still primarily great growers, but they also make wine and have a tasting room on the property. We're a large vineyard, but small winery, so. She says both are now important parts of the family business. She says her son manages the vineyards, while her son-in-law manages the Steinbeck wine brand. And that's a tremendous treasure because a lot of families may not have that next generation in place. The drive through the vineyards leads to the base of a steep hill on the ranch, one that the old Jeep is still spry enough to climb. It's going to get a little loud. i got to go up this hill, okay? The top of the hill provides a 360 view of the Paso Robles wine region. From here, you can see almost all of the 11 distinct grape-growing regions of the area. Steinbeck says that lets tour guests see for themselves how these rolling hills are so well-suited to wine. It just helps guests understand the complexity of the region, we talk about the Santa Lucia mountain range and the way that that separates us from the coast and really gives us our daytime high, nighttime low temperatures. She says looking out over Paso Robles wine country helps guests connect to not only the area, but to grape growing and winemaking itself. And that way, guests can understand far more than just what's in a glass of wine, but rather, you know, what goes into producing that glass of wine. So what does go into producing a glass of wine? As we've heard, it's more than just soil and weather, it's also about people and place. In this series, we'll explore some of the benefits the wine industry has brought to this town, from jobs to tourism to international prestige. But we'll also dig into the negatives, from high housing costs to a critical water shortage. But to understand all of that, we'll first need to take a tour of some Paso Robles wineries of different sizes. That's next time on In the Vines. Our theme music is from the album Taste of the Valley by Central Coast musician Jonathan Fiery. This piece was produced with assistance from the Public Media Journalists Association Editor Corps, funded by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people. For Central Coast Public Radio KCBX, I'm Benjamin Perper.